the Holy Gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ, according to John. Now a certain man was ill, Lazarus of Bethany, the village of Mary and her sister Martha. Mary was the one who anointed the Lord with perfume and wiped his feet with her hair. Her brother Lazarus was ill. So the sisters sent a message to Jesus, Lord, he whom you love is ill. But when Jesus heard it, he said, this illness does not lead to death. Rather, it is for God's glory so that the Son of God may be glorified through it. Accordingly, though Jesus loved Martha and her sister and Lazarus, after having heard that Lazarus was ill, he stayed two days longer in the place where he was. Then after this, he said to the disciples, let us go to Judea again. The disciples said to him, Rabbi, the Jews were just now trying to stone you. And are you going there again? Jesus answered, are there not 12 hours of daylight? Those who walk during the day do not stumble because they see the light of this world. But those who walk at night stumble because the light is not in them. After saying this, he told them, Our friend Lazarus has fallen asleep, but I am going there to awaken him. The disciples said to him, Lord, if he has fallen asleep, he will be all right. Jesus, however, had been speaking about his death, but they thought that he was referring merely to sleep. Then Jesus told them plainly, Lazarus is dead. For your sake I am glad I was not there, so that you may believe. But let us go to him. Thomas, who was also called the twin, said to his fellow disciples, Let us also go, that we may die with him. When Jesus arrived, he found that Lazarus had already been in the tomb four days. Now Bethany was near Jerusalem, some two miles away, and many of the Jews had come to Martha and Mary to console them about their brother. When Martha heard that Jesus was coming, she went and met him while Mary stayed at home. Martha said to Jesus, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. But even now I know that God will give you whatever you ask of him. Jesus said to her, your brother will rise again. Martha said to him, I know that he will rise again in the resurrection on the last day. Jesus said to her, I am the resurrection and the life. Those who believe in me, even though they die, will live, and everyone who lives and believes in me will never die. Do you believe this? She said to him, Yes, Lord, I believe that you are the Messiah, the Son of God, the one coming into the world. When she had said this, she went back and called her sister Mary and told her privately, The teacher is here and is calling for you. And when she heard it, she got up quickly and went to him. Now Jesus had not yet come into the village, but was still at the place where Martha had met him. 
The Jews who were with her in the house consoling her saw Mary get up quickly and go out. They followed her because they thought that she was going to the tomb to weep there. When Mary came where Jesus was and saw him, she knelt at his feet and said to him, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. When Jesus saw her weeping and the Jews who came with her also weeping, he was greatly disturbed in spirit and deeply moved. He said, where have you laid him? They said to him, Lord, come and see. Jesus began to weep. So the Jews said, see how he loved him. But some of them said, could not he who opened the eyes of the blind man have kept this man from dying? Then Jesus, again greatly disturbed, came to the tomb. It was a cave, and a stone was lying against it. Jesus said, Take away the stone. Martha, the sister of the dead man, said to him, Lord, already there is a stench because he has been dead four days. Jesus said to her, Did I not tell you that if you believed, you would see the glory of God? So they took away the stone. And Jesus looked upward and said, Father, I thank you for having heard me. I knew that you always hear me, but I have said this for the sake of the crowd standing here so that they may believe that you sent me. When he had said this, he cried with a loud voice, Lazarus, come out. The dead man came out, his hands and feet bound with strips of cloth and his face wrapped in a cloth. Jesus said to them, Unbind him and let him go. Many of the Jews, therefore, who had come with Mary and had seen what Jesus did, believed in him. The Gospel of the Lord. I offer these words in the name of God, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. I thought about starting this sermon with the reflection that this is the lintiest lint I have ever linted, but I had some real grammatical problems with the use of lint in that meme. As I think about the week that has passed, um, it hasn't been an easy one for people you know and probably people I know too. Some former neighbors in Huntsville have had a really hard time this week. You see, Jerry received a terminal diagnosis for health problems that have been afflicting him. And Wednesday, he was laid off. Thursday, his wife Linda found out she had been let go from her job, too. They have three kids. The Old Testament lament we hear from Ezekiel is timely. Our bones are dried up and our hope is lost. We are cut off completely. The prophet Ezekiel writes in a time of great unrest in the 6th century before Common Era, about 2,500 years ago. The Babylonians have risen to power and the southern kingdom, Judah, rebels against them. 
Jerusalem, the home of the temple and the holy city in which God has chosen to reside among the chosen people, that, that Jerusalem is decimated. The accomplished, learned, and able-bodied Judeans are sent away in exile to Babylon. Only the poorest are left behind with foreign leaders and a demolished temple. Ezekiel is one of the many who is exiled. The devastation of that time is clear. It's physical and it is spiritual. Our bones are dried up and our hope is lost. We are cut off completely. This is a mournful heart song that God knows all of Israel sings. Our bones are dried up. Our hope is lost. We are cut off completely. How do those words strike you today? Are they resonating with you? Some of you have lived through other very hard times for humanity prior to this. More poverty, disease, division, fear. It has been just over two weeks since our rhythm of daily living was ruptured in favor of public health safety to stave off rapid spread of COVID-19. And so now we are to remain physically distant from those outside of our primary residence for some unknown period of time. Spring break trips for families have been canceled. Outings and errands are curtailed. School is discontinued. More severely, people have lost their jobs and financial security. Those with unsafe relationship dynamics are stuck in endless tension. Others are isolated from their loved ones in nursing homes and hospitals. Some have concerning symptoms and are seeking testing for the novel coronavirus. People in healthcare are being stretched in workload, exposure to disease, and supplies to meet the demands at hand. These losses are only compounded by the other bumps in the road of our lives. Health issues and injuries, work life, mental illness, aging, parenting, aging parenting, etc. Perhaps you are feeling dried up, hopeless and isolated and afraid. What will it be like in the days ahead and as separation, exhaustion and illness continue? Am I just piling on to worry you more right now? I don't, I don't mean to raise your blood pressure or to disturb you. I speak these words to bring up the concerns that many of us have, and yet it's hard to put voice to the existential dread that lurks around us. Doesn't the psalmist call us to put voice to those things that weigh us down, keeping us buried in the grave? Out of the depths have I called to you, O Lord. Lord, hear my voice. Let your ears consider well the voice of my supplication. Lord, hear my voice. You see, we need our groans to be heard, and it is through worship that we are reminded to cast our cares upon the Lord. It is in calling out in prayer, God help me, God help me, 
that we hear response from our loving Creator. Indeed, Jesus calls out to God as he gathers with Mary and Martha and that crowd of folks at the tomb where his friend Lazarus is buried. John writes that Jesus' words to God are something like this. Father, thanks for always listening to me. I know you always do, but sometimes we need to be reminded so that our belief in you is refreshed. And then, in an even louder boom, Jesus calls Lazarus out of the grave. The man who was dead now emerges from the cave. You see, in the midst of mourning, Jesus called out to God the Father, and God's divine power is shown in the raising of Lazarus. Truly, God remained present and faithful to Jesus and his friends through their grief. Which brings us back to Ezekiel. That prophet wandered in the valley of dry bones, that metaphorical desert of the downcast. And yet the hand of God, the word of God, the breath of God does not go astray from Israel in this time of exile and hopelessness. In fact, the divine message is one of promise. The Lord God tells Ezekiel to prophesy, I am going to open your graves, and I will bring you back to the land of Israel. On your own soil, I will put my spirit within you, and you shall live. In other words, the promise of Zion is not lost. Your eyes will no longer be downcast. You will be restored in body and soul. So that that exile appears to be a full break in the covenant between Yahweh and the Israelites. But what is actually to come is a reorientation of the relationship between God and Israel. And that is what the prophet seeks to mediate in prophecy to those in exile a refocusing of their relationship with God. Things will not be easy. They will not be the same. And there will be healing. For a period of time here in 2020, we are in a form of physical exile. We are in a valley of fear and uncertainty. Things will not be easy. They will not be the same, and there will be healing. In this space of stones and bones, Jesus' words to his disciples are appropriate. Are there not 12 hours of daylight? Those who walk during the day do not stumble, because they see the light of this world. As people following Jesus, the Christ, we are resurrection people. We walk in the light, even when there are shadows cast upon our heads and feet. We see the light of this world. Though we are in the season of Lent, though our worship is different right now, Though we are separated from one another in body, we know that Jesus' death is not the end of the story. 
He defeated death. That battle has already been won. Recall the familiar words we say together during the Eucharistic prayer. We remember his death. We proclaim his resurrection. We await his coming in glory. Friends, we gather in worship to proclaim the life, death, and resurrection of Jesus. We await his coming in glory. That day will come. We will gather together in this house of God in numbers greater than 10 people as St. Stephen's Episcopal Church again. And God is with us right now. So let us live one moment at a time. There's a prayer of grounding and presence that has served me well, helping me call out to God when I don't know what to do next. It is found on page 461 in the Book of Common Prayer, and it's called In the Morning. Would you pray with me? This is another day, O Lord. I know not what it will bring forth. But make me ready, Lord, for whatever it may be. If I am to stand up, help me to stand bravely. If I am to sit still, help me to sit quietly. If I am to lie low, help me to do it patiently. And if I am to do nothing, let me do it gallantly. Make these words more than words, and give me the spirit of Jesus. Amen. Amen.